Welcome to the next episode of Under 30 podcast brought to you by the EU Council of Europe Youth Partnership. My name is Dariusz Grzemny and I'm here today together with uh, Laszlo Milutinovic from the Youth Partnership and also two guests, uh, Zara Lavchan and Howard Williamson. Today we are going to talk about youth work. Surprise, surprise. Again, we are talking about youth work. There is actually a lot of things to talk about. The partnership is preparing for the symposium. The symposium is going to happen in the end of the month and it's happening in the very specific point of time. It's right in between two European Youth Work Conventions. Uh, so it's good to meet again and to see where we are with all those things that actually happened and were discussed in the convention, including the European Youth Work Agenda. Uh, so Laszlo, if you can tell us a little bit about the symposium. What is it? What's the role of the symposium in the partnership program? And also, what are the aims of the symposium? Who's going to be there? Hello, Derek. Thank you very much. Very nice to see you, hear you. And uh, thank you very much for giving this opportunity to talk about the symposium. Yes, we are really looking forward to this event. We are in the really the very intense period of the preparations now. And basically, the idea behind the symposium is that the partnership has been given a very strong role lately in following up the results of the previous European User Convention, the third European User Convention that took place in 2020. And we have worked quite hard on, on running decent research projects and investing into user development on the European level, also setting up a steering group that gives us strategic advice on how to move forward with the implementation of the user agenda. Uh, as a part of these efforts, we also decided to organize this event. And the, the idea is to bring together the community of practice of youth work all around, from all around Europe, Around 100, 120 participants will be there, coming from a background of youth work practice, but also policymakers and researchers from our networks. And we would like to take stock of the achievements of the last few years, to have a look at what has happened and what are the latest developments, but maybe also having a look at how the conditions for developing youth work and delivering youth work services changed recently because there are a lot of emerging challenges as well. And we also hope that we bring together these people to share their practices and, and also to maybe collect some ideas for the next steps in stepping up the efforts in developing youth work. Okay, thank you, Laszlo. I think we have to explore it a little bit more, <laughs> what this symposium will be about. But we have Howard Williamson here and Zara Lavchan as well who have been involved, yeah, I will not say for many years, because you have been involved for many years in youth work. And, and we know about it because we also met several times in the podcast. But you also had and are having different roles now when it comes to the symposium, when it comes to the European youth work agenda, the bond process and all these. So if you can clarify what these roles are, so what's happening with you now? What are you doing actually in this domain at the moment? It's very interesting when Derek, you say about us being in the youth work for many years, 
because there's a paradox there that when people are for so many years in youth work, they should probably be already retiring and should probably be doing something else. But in fact, I think the youth work has been giving so much to me personally, as a professional, as a person who is working with other people, as a trainer, as facilitator of processes, as a person who is involved in policy making on different levels. So I think being in the field, staying in the field is giving a chance to really understand what's going on. You have to know what's going on the ground. You have to know what's going on with young people. You do stay in contact with the field. You do stay in contact with really the people who work for young persons, who are themselves young persons. And then there's a chance of bringing the experience to the situation, talk with people, have dialogue with people and try to come up with things that can work well. When we talk about the role a bit in the domain, I think currently I would describe my role as someone who is bringing home, bringing to local level, national level, some things which have been working elsewhere, some things which have been working in European practices and policies, some things which can potentially be used in national level, in programs that we do, because there's really many different ways of doing the same things. There are different challenges. There is new challenges. There is similar challenges and different approaches. There is potential ways of doing the same things, adjusted and adapted to situations. So I feel like I am this transmitter or rather probably a bridge that can bring over what has been discussed, what has been brought together in terms of book of knowledge back into our own reality and trying to adapt it with the situations that we have currently at home. Yeah, Derek, it's, I think what Zara said is, is very interesting. As Laszlo knows very well, I'm quite critical of the European Youth Work agenda in, in a number of ways, but I love the way Zara talked about bringing it back home. Because I think that's the critical issue that I think all the member states have the opportunity to consider how they might wish to position themselves within the framework that is offered by the European Youth Work Agenda. And the eight points in Signposts for the Future, and the declaration of the third convention, which was the, really about the opera operationalization, what a lovely English word that is, the of the European Youth Work Agenda, which had been established through the EU resolution earlier the same month in December 2020. Those eight points about training and about connections and about a local offer and five other things are very important. And they are, you know, they are the skeleton of youth work. They are what makes up the body of youth work, really. But Member states have to put the flesh on the bones in their particular ways and looking at what's important. And I think Zara's absolutely right that, you know, there are many models, for example, of education and training of youth workers. I think if youth work is going to rise to those challenges <coughs> in passing about the big challenges facing contemporary Europe and facing young people in contemporary Europe, then youth work has to professionalise. That doesn't mean everybody has to have done a training course, but we have to be confident that they have the credibility, the status, the knowledge, the understanding 
to actually make those connections with health services or criminal justice services or employment services without selling your soul to the devil and becoming the slave to those other agendas. And that's going to be the real challenge. If I could say one other thing, because you introduced this podcast as being, and the symposium as being positioned halfway between two conventions, that is one of our problems, that suddenly it's become a sacred five-year plan, you know? And there is no reason why it should be 2025. It was an accident that it was 2010. It happened to be strategic that it was 2015. And it happened to be strategic that it was 2020. I see at the moment, I see no strategic purpose in making it 2025, except that it's five years after the last one. It could be 2027. And many policies and strategies around the world are 10-year plans. They usually get messed up because politics changes, governments change and so on. But, you know, it's five years is a very short space of time for anything to happen. Thank you, Howard. There was a lot, or there is a lot, has always been a lot talking about this community of practice when we talk about youth work. It appears in many documents, the symposium, we can say that it's also a meeting of this community of practice well, Sometimes people ask what the community of practice is actually, and who is there, and why are they, what is the aim of this community of practice, and so on. It's, it's another symposium, or it's another meeting that has been organized by the partnership in the past two, three years, or after the convention, we may say. Are such meetings needed? I'm not going to ask you, Laszlo, because you are representing the institution that's organizing it, and you say why you are doing it. But you are both there, so why are you going there? What is it for? Is this important for people who are involved in youth work, European youth work, national youth work, local youth work, to meet, to take stock, to analyze challenges, to see what's going to happen? So it's a good question why these symposiums are important and why we still keep going to symposiums, conferences, meetings, any kind of platform where we can really meet our peers, where we can meet the community of practice, all the different stakeholders for the community of practice. And I always I always reflect, so what is it that really these meetings are giving? And again, for me personally, they give a lot. For me, these are really the momentums which give a chance for us to understand what are the trends? What is happening right now? What are the key challenges? What are the different discussions? What is the discourse about? Because I think in these long, difficult and complex processes, you always have a risk that at a certain point, after some things have ignited, some things have started to develop, some things have gone up on the agenda, there is a situation and a moment when the energy, uh, the level of commitment might go down and it does go down, I think, because also there is a lot of other equally important things, challenging things, one crisis after another. And these kind of events, I think anything that is related to keeping up the project, keeping up the theme up on the agenda are important. So for me, these are momentums which give a chance to bring everything back on the agenda, to keep up the energy, to boost the energy, to give the energy to the processes which lack energy at this point, or at this moment. And also, as I think Hillary once said in, in one of the conferences, 
to celebrate small wins because I think celebrating small wins in big, complex and difficult processes is an important task, also an important competence, an important thing to do and to share with others because small steps very often give big impacts and big impacts are something that does change and transform things and also helps things being transformed in other places, other spaces, really balancing things which are happening and things which are not happening. So it's really about, I think, keeping up the hope somehow in the field that even if things are not happening at once right now, all of it to the best possible extent, it's still possible that smaller things change and then they bring another smaller thing and another smaller thing. And this becomes a norm that things in the youth work over Europe, all over the continent, can develop in one or other way. And I think these kind of meetings help us cross-fertilize, as I would say, help us understand that we're not alone in these situations, that we can do a lot for each other and with each other, that cooperation, communication, and this joint effort can really be a norm for the youth work community of practice. Well, yeah, why am I there, Derek? You know, I've been to a lot of these things. I joke that uh, I, I started life as a pioneer and I end up as a historian, but I think I'm still a bit of a pioneer sometimes on, on some things. But actually, we have to remember that things like this symposium involve people who are very experienced and have done a lot of things, and there are people who will be there for the first time. And I still remember going to Strasbourg in the early 1980s for the first time and listening and learning from other people who'd been in the field a long time. I had no idea what this European stuff was at the time. And uh, I'd become one of those kind of old geezers who can give you a bit of the history. You know, I could tell you, for example, that it was going to be a youth work conference in 2010. But I said, let's call it a convention. Because in the UK, every year we have a Youth Justice Board convention of a thousand people. It used to be chaired by newsreaders on the BBC and so on. But then I discovered they were earning £5,000 for two days. So I said, I'll do it. And I did it for two years. I chaired the whole thing, the whole shooting match. And I gave the £5,000 to youth projects. So, you know, I had that particular little bit of history in me. And I said to Jan van, hey, let's call it a European Youth Work Convention. Sounds big and important. Uh, and it's different from a conference or a symposium. But, you know, the symposia that the partnership have run, and I've been to quite a few of them, are important to bring together experience and innovation. You know, the, that whole point that Zara was talking about, momentum, impetus, Maintaining hope, we have to keep rekindling hope and, you know, fermenting belief. I mean, when I first talked to Zara, you know, Armenia and the United Kingdom in terms of youth were a million miles apart. I think they'd be much closer now. And we've talked a lot about what went on. You know, did you have youth clubs or did you just have European exchange programs? What was street work? When we, and that takes me to me shaking my head about community of practice because it's another one of those stupid expressions that has been sanctified and reified in our discussions. 
Now, I could tell you if we had lots of time, which we don't have, I could tell you exactly when the concept of community of practice was introduced, not in the conventions, but in the Council of Europe Youth Sector Strategy 2030, in the very first meeting, it, the words were used and they were recorded and minuted and it stuck. Now, of course, community of practice is a very specific intellectual academic term in, developed by Etienne Wenger and Jean Lave. And so I did define it in one of the appendices to the Council of Europe Youth Sector Strategy 2030. It's there. There's a definition of a community of practice. What we are talking about is that youth work is a mosaic of lots of different sorts of people. There's practitioners, there's volunteers, there's paid workers, there's street workers, there's trainers. There's people who spend their lives just doing exchanges. There are people who run open youth clubs. There's lots of different kinds of youth work. And our first convention celebrated that diversity, but diversity to other people looks like chaos and confusion. So the second convention was about trying to bring people together and saying, okay, we all call ourselves youth workers. So why do we all call ourselves youth workers? What is the common ground of youth work? And we came up with spaces and bridges. I thought we wouldn't. The European Youth Forum don't really want, you know, professional training of youth work because they do it on the job. And they're perfectly competent and capable youth workers without having to go through training programs. So, you know, I thought there'd be a big battleground about what was the common ground. But actually, we did agree that all youth work was about winning space and defending space for young people to have a voice and to participate and to have autonomy and space for themselves. And it was, but it was also about building bridges to the next steps in their lives. And youth workers were supporting young people in transitioning in various ways to positively and not negatively in, in their life journey. And spaces and bridges, spaces and bridges. But we shoot, I don't think we are a community of practice because if we were, we would all have agreed that in 2015. And we, I would only have heard that from youth workers around Europe in their advocacy for youth work with their politicians and their management and their structures. But instead, everybody starts immediately to keep arguing about what's the definition of youth work. And that is pathetic. And it's kind of classic shooting ourselves in the foot. Because if we are seeking recognition, seeking resourcing, and seeking connection and respect, there's, there's three good words, actually, recognition, resourcing, and respect. Respect from other bodies like psychologists and social workers and police officers and school teachers, then we've got to have a common narrative about what we are talking about. Thank you. The symposium is also I mean, you said a lot about uh, meeting, talking, discussing, exploring, seeing this mosaic of different practices and, and so on. Also recognizing what's happening in youth work in different places. This symposium is actually a big celebration, no? It's a celebration of the 25th anniversary of the youth partnership. So what's being cooked there last law for the 25th anniversary? Yeah, actually, I also had in mind mentioning this, and I wanted to keep it as a kind of a teaser 
for the end of the discussion, but thank you for bringing it in. Of course, yeah, so actually it's a very celebratory occasion because at this symposium we will also gather to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the Youth Partnership. And actually this also means that besides discussing youth work and youth work development, we will have a specific part of the program dedicated to a high-level panel discussion with representatives of the European Commission, the Council of Europe and its statutory bodies, and also the European Youth Forum. So uh, there will be a panel discussion, and I think that's also an important point about the whole symposium, in a way not only about the celebration, that I think it really brings together really important stakeholders from all around Europe, including the institutions. And I think it's it's also there to acknowledge the investment of the partner institutions, so the European Union and the Council of Europe in into youth drug development recently, and the willingness of theirs to go on with this investments. And also, I mean, not to mention that besides the high-level panel discussion, we also hope to have some kind of a celebratory program in the evening, maybe something in the European Youth Center's garden. So we are keeping our fingers crossed for a good weather and then hope that we will have some nice moments also to celebrate informally in one of the evenings. Thank you, Laszlo. It's unbelievable that it's already 25 years. How are So I was looking at Zara to see if she was going to jump in. But in Lisbon, a couple of weeks ago, there was a meeting of the Pool of European Youth Researchers and the European Knowledge Centre for Youth Policy. There were quite a few new people. There were about 60 people there. And, you know, back to my point about there's new people and there's experienced people. And the only person who, in that room, who'd been a founder member of the partnership was me. So I did a quick sort of 50 years in 10 minutes and it was really, you know, 1972, the European Youth Centre in Strasbourg, 1987, the forming of Erasmus, 1988, Youth for Europe and the start of the sort of youth sector part of the European Commission's programmes. And then through the 90s into 1998 and the establishment of the partnership. And the partnership only did one thing in the, at the beginning, which was the training of youth workers at a European level the ATI course, the advanced training, the trainers in Europe. And then a couple of years later, it took on research and took on Euromed cooperation. And, and that's when it sort of re-established the European network of youth research correspondence, which I chaired actually for most of the 2000s. And then in 2008, we decided to scrap that and formed the Pool of European Youth Researchers. And a keep had been established for a different set of reasons, but I won't go into that. The point was that I think the partnership is a fantastic um, development. And I have always been a strong supporter of the partnership and a strong critic of the partnership. But I've worked very hard for the partnership, actually, over the years on many different projects stepping in at the last minute, sometimes as the rapporteur for symposia when somebody drops out and things like that. But there's a problem for the partnership. It doesn't have strategic authority. And when we are talking about, and this takes us back to the European Youth Work Agenda and not the birthday party of 25 years, the problem for the partnership is its strategic power in terms of shaping the European Youth Work Agenda and it really needs the two institutions to step up a bit to actually still kind of coordinate what they think is the strategic next steps, the small steps. Having said all of that, 
I think there is a problem that there is a kind of rather rarefied European debate about youth work and stuff is not reaching the ground. So we also have to activate and energise member states and those people in member states, hopefully people who come to the symposium, who will be excited by having been there and go home and actually start to think, how do we try to develop some of these elements, these eight elements within the European Youth Work Agenda back at the ranch, in our villages, in our towns, in our municipalities and in our countries? And that's what the, I think the Commission and the Council of Europe need to think much more deeply about how they make real connections with national, regional and local youth work development. Thank you, Howard. You already highlighted several challenges and the issue that can be discussed during the symposium or should be maybe discussed during the symposium. We don't have a lot of time to discuss that, but I would still would like to give you some time to talk maybe about what are your highlights when it comes to youth work development in Europe since the last European Youth Youth Work Convention. The convention was happening during COVID. No, it was online convention. I mean, a few months before, we never thought that the pandemic will start. Then a few years later, the war in Ukraine started as well. And we see the impact of the war, for example, in many countries here in Poland, where I am, where we are having a lot of young people in youth work from Ukraine and young refugees. And, and it's changing a little bit the perspective, the way you work, especially even language-wise. I mean, just the basic thing. So what are your highlights? What are your issues that you are coming with to be discussed? Or you think they're worth discussing? I think there's, of course, a lot of issues that we would like to talk about. I mean, only the signposts give eight huge domains around youth work, around and about youth work. And each of them could become, I think, a one-week conference or a seminar for people involved in all of it, because I think there is a lot to share. I think the symposium, because it's in the, begin- in, in the middle of the two, two conventions, I think it's important to make a stop and see what has, of course, been achieved. Where have we come? What is the situation now? How is it different with the situation of 2020? How is it different to 2015? Where is it that we want to be, I don't know, in, in several years, maybe in 25, maybe later? To understand who have we around the table? Have we succeeded to have more people around the table? And I think it's going to be very important to understand and discuss these kind of symbiotic relationships with other fields. Because I think the youth work field, sometimes we feel that we're very lonely, that we're alone, that we are in the middle of huge, hierarchically huge other policies, which are usually more important, more resourced, more recognized. But I have a feeling that since the last years, youth work has been getting a lot more recognition, a lot more trust. People have seen us doing things. People have seen youth workers working with young people, even in the most difficult situations, even in the most multiple crisis moments, trying to arrange themselves in new methods, trying to adjust themselves, trying to really learn very fast. And I believe it will be very important also to have a look at how the youth work has transformed 
and what we have learned so far with the youth work. And it, it is, I think, high time to really bring everyone who is around young people or working with young people to look at youth work as something that is not anymore just complementary, not something that is happening because no one else is doing anything with one group or one theme, but really understanding how this relationship can fit each other and how this very cross-sectoral work can contribute to making the services for young people of a better quality, of a better outreach, really youth work for all. Because only these kind of relationships can give the impact that is needed currently to move things forward and really to help young people transform in this very complex world of today where you have wars, you have post-pandemic situation, you have economic crisis, you have crisis really not only in each of the regions, but in many countries of Europe today. So I think this discussion and this reflection about how we do things together with other fields needs to take place. Well spoken, Zara. I think you're, you're very right on a lot of those things. Though I'm not sure whether youth workers are always firefighters, but they, you know, there's been a lot of subordination of youth work and marginalization of youth work. And I think if you think of the five five things in the EU resolution on the European Youth Work Agenda, two of them, one, are about credibility and about crisis and opportunity. And I do genuinely believe from what I've seen and learned during COVID that youth work really stepped up during COVID in a lot of different ways and impressed clinical psychologists about its contribution to mental health issues, impressed schools about its capacity to <clears throat> engage with young people in the outdoors, you know, in, in one-to-one walking and group work in the forest and all sorts of different things. But suddenly youth work was talked about and youth workers were talked about in a different kind of way. I'm not sure whether people looked at youth work, but they started to adopt the language of youth work and started to think about why did youth workers manage to do some of these things that they were struggling to do? And we know that the bottom line in youth work is about relationships and trust. And, you know, I don't care how many measurements and outcomes and impact things politicians are interested in. If that becomes the raison d'etre of youth work, we're not going to get very far. It's all about building relationships and trust. It's all about credibility with young people, but we also have to build credibility with other professions. This Exactly this point about partnership and a symbiotic relationship. A nice idea there, Zara. Lovely. <laughs> so I think that, you know, obviously COVID has been the recent crisis or emergency facing Europe but you know we had unemployment before that and we got unemployment now and we've got energy and cost of living and housing and we've got technology and you know online youth work was the savior of youth work during covid but you know the smart ass characters in online youth work suddenly thought this is the new way of doing youth work this is utter rubbish you know online youth work is an excellent additional tool in the toolbox an excellent additional resource. I'm sure that exchanges will never be the same again because there'll be all kinds of online preparatory stuff and post-exchange stuff. But, you know, the people of our age all talk about you've got to be able to smell the coffee, you know, and there's some truth in that, though young people themselves may be more reluctant to travel. 
for reasons of cost and for reasons of health and for reasons of climate and carbon footprint. So, you know, that it's not a new Europe, it's an evolving Europe, and there are new challenges, as there always were, as there always were, and as youth work always endeavoured to respond to. My only concern, I'll, final point on this issue, my concern is that youth work talks itself up too much and sometimes makes massive claims that it can kind of get young people jobs, get them into the labour market, stop them committing crimes, improve their responsible health behaviours, and so on. And if we make those claims, we will fall flat on our face because we do not, we cannot create jobs for young people, for example. What we can do is we can help young people to think about their lives, think about how they position themselves, who they relate to, how they behave. And, you know, it's a dialogue, it's a debate, and it can help them to move into a better place in the labour market or in the criminal justice system or in relation to smoking or drinking or drug taking or eating or exercise and so on and so forth. But we've got to be very careful about over-talking youth work while at the same time not being too humble about it because we know, we all know, people out there may not know that youth work has been the saviour for some young people and youth work is an important element of the kind of jigsaw puzzle that contributes to young people growing up. Laszlo, the symposium is organised by the partnership. So let's talk a little bit about what are the institutional expectations from this event. Well, I think now after also listening to Zara's and Howard's talk, I think the most important for me and the important expectation would be from the partnership's point of view that this symposium becomes a space for such a, an open and critical dialogue for the community of practice and also constructive dialogue, a space for, for sharing experiences and also connecting people, so being a bridge as also Howard was referring to it. And I think there will be many practices shared and knowledge shared throughout the activity. And there we are trying to mostly build on what the participants are bringing in. So there will be several workshops. And I think that now hearing Zara and Howard, I can tell that many of the topics that they also raised will be covered, including identity of youth workers, for example, that Zara mentioned. But at the same time, we will be also trying to offer space for sharing different tools and instruments that are being developed or have been developed by the partner institutions and their stakeholders. So we will really try to give visibility to the efforts of the European Union and the Council of Europe in this area. So I think that's what we really expect. I hope it will be really a fruitful uh, space and bridge for dialogue, basically, and for learning, and hopefully also constructive enough to see where actually we have to head towards in the upcoming years. Thank you. It has been a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to have you in the podcast. And please do come back after the symposium. This would be also interesting to see what was there and what was discussed, what are actually, I don't know if we can call it the outcomes. What are you actually leaving the symposium with? Of course, I do believe that such meetings are important. I ask you this question, is it important? Yes, they are. For me, they are important. And they should always be there, whatever we call it, community of practice, meeting of practitioners, or I don't know. But at least people who, who are doing 
something in youth work, huh? whether it be policy making, youth work practice, and so on. So I wish you a very good time there. A lot of inspiration, but yeah, good time and good celebration, because I think celebrating 25th anniversary is also important. Celebrating is important. Thanks a lot.